Turn your Bibles this morning to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter number 30. First chapter number 30. And we're going to read uh, a few verses here uh, out of 1 Samuel, starting in verse 1 here in just a moment. But it's just good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Didn't it feel good? The sun is shining. Amy said the rain has come. It was good to see the sun out, but it did get hot. And uh, the college kids were out there washing cars yesterday and all got sunburned. And uh, that's all part of it. But uh, summer's, a, summer's a great time. All the kids are out of school, and uh, so it's a little, a, a little break for them, not so much for mom and dad. <laughs> but uh, I can, can you remember summer? Can you remember the, the anticipation of that last day getting out, and oh, you just look forward to sleeping late and uh, going swimming and, and all of that fun stuff. Uh, don't you wish you were a kid again? And that'd be good. Only if we knew what we know now. Just think, just think about it. If we could go back 10 years, 20 years, and do it over with the knowledge we have now. Wow. Wouldn't things be different when we got to where we're at now? Well, see, here's the deal. You still have the rest of your life. And you, your best days are ahead. And so you've got to take everything you've learned in the past and make the rest of your days the best of your days. Say that again. You need to make the rest of your days the best of your days. See, the reason that you everything happened and whatever... It is because of our, 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 the mistakes we made, our, our flesh, our pride, our ignorance, all that kind of stuff. But now we know better, don't we? <laughs> well, we should, but we don't. We're still learning. And we're going to still make mistakes in the future and, and all that. But we need to begin to take the rest of our days and make them the best of our days. But I want to talk to you today uh, about taking back what the enemy has stolen because there's some stuff that belongs to you that you want that you would like to have it back anybody would like some of your stuff back if you've ever had anything stolen uh, do you know that you, you remember that feeling I've had I've had so many things stolen oh my goodness uh, just all my life. Uh, little things, big things, bicycles, motorcycles, cars. I'll tell you, I've just about had them all stolen. And uh, still, uh, you know, I guess the, I don't remember what the last thing I had stolen. Maybe my, my blower. The, the blower from the church right here. Somebody stole it right out of the pavilion. And uh, so, uh, please bring the blower back. Uh, any, anyway. <laughs> I, I, I don't know when that disappeared, but. Anyway, people find so. I, I, I confronted a kid one time. He stole my radio. And I said, hey, where'd you get that? That's mine. He said, uh-uh. I found it. I said, where'd you find it? He said, over at that church over there. I said, it was before the church. It was just concrete. I used to set the little radio out here and skate around this concrete. It's my skating rink. And uh, uh, there's a lot of folks that find stuff that's not theirs. The devil 
does not keep the commandments. <gasps> the devil does not keep God's commandments. And he doesn't want you to. So John chapter 10 verse 10 says, For the thief cometh to steal. Remember, this, remember thou shalt not steal. The devil don't keep that one. He comes to steal. He comes to kill. Thou shalt not kill. He doesn't honor that. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So that is the work. That is his principle. That's what he does. It's all he does. That's what he's always done. And it's what he'll always do. But it still surprises us when the devil does bad. It surprises us when sinners sin. I can't believe that dog barked. I can't believe that duck quacked. I can't believe that fish swims. I can't believe that bird flies. It's just in their nature. It's who it's what they are. It's their character. Sinners sin and the devil lies. And he kills and he steals and he destroys. But what he has taken, amen, as a children of God, amen, we don't have to lay down and take it. We can take it back. So we're going to talk about taking it back this morning. We're going to look at just a little story I've talked about a lot, but I'm just going to kind of use it as a springboard. And uh, so we're talking, we're in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse number 1. And we talked about David last week. We're going to talk a little bit more about David this week. Uh, here he is. He is a great man. He's a warrior. He's got a whole army. And they've been out fighting battles. And all of their family is back at home in Ziglag. And they get back and look what has happened. It came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south. Ziglag, smitten Ziglag, and burned it with fire. What's the devil come to do? To destroy. It's just what he does. And so they've come in and they've destroyed everything. And they've taken the women captive, and that therein they slew not any, neither great or small, but carried them away. What'd they do? They stole them. And went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Anybody been there? Because of loss, because of tragedy, because of circumstance, situations, somebody, somehow, somewhere, something has now stolen, killed, robbed, burned, destroyed. I've been wounded, I've been hurt, I've been lied on, I've been spoken to ill, I've been cheated on, I've been fired from my job, I, I, my, my spouse left me, someone hurt me, my children are not acting right, I lost my job. And there's all these things that come and now then we just sit down and cry. And then we cry some more. Weep 
were sorrowful. And then they wept until they had no more power to weep. Then they got mad. Then David and the people that were with him, they, they, they wept. And, and look at verse 5. And David's two wives were taken. So he wasn't just weeping for one wife. He lost two. I can't imagine losing one. But man, if I lost two, I would be double sad. <laughs> and you know when you're really, really, really sad? It's when one finds out about the other. Oh, then you're really weeping. Oh, my goodness. <coughs> Hold on. That's not in the text. That's not there. Verse number 6. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him. Now i got to find somebody to blame him. So, David, it's your fault. You had me out there and you were doing this and that. And if I'd have been here, this wouldn't have happened. And now then, uh, it's all your fault. And so now we're going to kill you. So now David's not only weeping for his, the loss of his two wives and his children and his sons and daughters. Now then, he's going to lose his life too because they're talking about killing him. But he's already wept all he could weep. He's already cried all he could cry. He's already done all he can do. So then he begins to move forward. See, before you can ever move forward... David started moving forward before he even went anywhere because he began to encourage himself in the Lord. Sister Amy just read from Psalms where David encouraged and David's praising. David's word, David said he didn't say about good things about the Lord, what God has done. Listen, when, you can, when you've done nothing good, you don't, you don't got nothing to praise about, you can praise God because he's good. Maybe circumstances are not good, people's not good, things are not good, but God is good all the time. So you can always praise Him for who He is and what He's done. And David just began to encourage himself in the Lord. And then David said to Abathar the priest, uh, uh, I pray thee bring hither the ephod. And uh, uh, Abathar brought the ephod, thither the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord. Your first uh, movement forward is going to be to begin to praise God. Begin to encourage yourself. Tell yourself everything's going to be alright. God's going to work it out. Amen. I don't understand it. But God's going to meet the need. God's going to work it out somehow, somewhere, somewhat time. And then you've got to begin to inquire what the Lord wants you to do. God will do His part. But what does God want me to do? What's my part? And so David inquired of the Lord. 
and said, Lord, what do we do? Here we're out, we're out doing our jobs, we're out working, we're out doing what we can do. And the enemy has come in and he's stolen and he's destroyed and he's taken everything and we're sad and we've wept all we can weep and now they're talking about stoning me and I, I just know that you're good and, and you didn't bring me this far to kill me and I say you've already anointed me to be king. I don't know how it's going to happen or when it's going to happen but I've, I've gone through a lot of mess but I need to know what to do. And here's what the Lord said. David's inquired of the Lord saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. That's what I want to talk to you about. Just that one little verse right there. Surely you will recover all. How many wants to recover? You're tired of weeping. You're out of tears. You've been mad. But now it's time to pursue. Faith without works is dead. I can talk about it, whine about it, pray about it. But sometimes you've got to get up and do something about it. And he said, Lord, what do I do? Do I pursue? And God said, pursue. And not only will you pursue, but you will overtake. And not only will you overtake, but you will recover all. How do we get everything back? What is it? What has God done? To help us recover all. As we begin to look at this and how God began to work and how that God told him to pursue and how he said he would recover all. And we've got to look at, amen, what Jesus has done for us, where I was, what he did, and where I am because of what he did. Amen. Sister Amy said, well, it's not, Jesus already did it. It's just me and him. And he's got it. And so because he's done something, because I understand that because Jesus died. Oh, do we know he died? Do we know he died for us? Do we believe that he rose again? Do we believe that he has all power in heaven and in earth? Do we believe that he's in control? Then what has happened because of that? Because of his death, he has removed what sin delivered. We've been delivered a truckload of a bunch of junk. We've been delivered into death and to hell and to trouble and all these kind of things and, and, and given over to the devil. And we were delivered into sin because of what Adam did in the garden. Because he, God put him there, told him to be fruitful and multiply, and said, you have all authority over everything. And then, because of sin, he gave it away. Gave his authority away. He alienated himself from that relationship with God, that fellowship with God. Because God cannot live and dwell in the midst of that. And he had to put them out. And now they're out of relationship. But through Christ's death, the power of sin is removed from me. I'm no longer under the power of sin. But that yoke has been broken because of the death of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? And now, Paul says, there is no condemnation to them who are 
in Christ Jesus. Will somebody say, I'm in Christ Jesus. He said, who did not walk according to the flesh, but after the Spirit. You see, after Adam's actions delivered us into the hand of the enemy and to the power of sin. And so now the Bible says we're born, we're shaped, we're formed in iniquity. We are born sinners because of that. But when Jesus died and rose again, amen, we have the authority and the ability to be born again. And because of that, amen, we have had the power of sin removed. And we're able to recover that relationship. That's what, that's what the devil was after the whole time. He was so jealous. First of all, he was jealous of all the power and the glory that God had. And he said, I want to be like him. And not only that, I want to be greater than him convinced a third of the angels to follow him in that battle in heaven and God kicked him out he fell now no longer the star of the morning now no longer the worship leader of heaven now he's Lucifer and he's so jealous and he still hates everything that God loves and that's why he hates you is because God loves you so much and when Adam and Eve walked in the garden every day and God came down and walked with them and communicated with them. Amen. He was so jealous of that relationship. And he said, I want to take it away. And because through disobedience, he brought sin in and brought that wedge. And so now God and man are separate. All of a sudden, Adam and Eve are now hiding from God where they once were pursuing God. And now then, they're, they're, they're no longer covered in God's glory, but they're having to be covered, amen, in just animal skin and trying to cover their own nakedness because the glory has been lifted. And the enemy took that relationship. But because of Jesus Christ, I can have my relationship back. I can pursue it. I can recover all that God meant for me to have. God means for you to have an intimate relationship with God, to talk with Him, to walk with Him, not only to talk to Him, but to have Him talk back to you. God wants you to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And through Jesus' death and burial and resurrection, amen, you have been given back that. So somebody say, I'm taking it back. Number two, because of his death, he's renewed what sin has deformed. You know, you take something that was created for a purpose, and then when it's messed up, it's deformed. It's not the way it was supposed to be. Its purpose is no longer the same. It doesn't function the same. When it's deformed, if, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. Sin deforms us. Sin gets us all bent out of shape. Can I get an amen? It'll make you act ugly and talk ugly. and li- I'll tell you, it'll get you bent all out of shape. Amen. It will deform, amen, your, 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 your image. I mean, you just see it on people's face. Deforms our attitudes and our actions and it changes the way that people look at us and it changed, uh, amen, how the, we look at the world and how we look at things. It changed the persona of everything, amen. But then Jesus came in and said, behold, I make all things new. 
I can take what's been misshapen and misformed and deformed and I can make it all over again. Amen. So because Jesus died, amen, I can go and pursue, amen, what God created me to be. And even though sin has deformed me and stopped me and, and, and stalemated me and caused me to just, just get stuck, amen, because the power of God, amen, when I go forward, when I acknowledge God, when I go pursue it, I can recover and be all that God's called me to be. Things of the past are wiped away. Behold, all things has become new in the sight of God. Christ's death removes what sin delivers. It renews what sin deforms. And lastly, it restores what sin destroyed. The Bible declares that in Christ dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete. In Him. You can be complete. You don't have to always feel half. You don't have to feel empty. You don't have to even not be able to pursue and fulfill and recover all. I want to be a hundred percent. Amen? Not fifty percent. He restores what sin destroyed. He restores. What the word restore means to reinstate, to reestablish, or to bring back. Oh, that's what the Amalekites had done. They had come in, they destroyed, they stolen. Amen. They did, had broken the whole army's spirits and their heart. Oh, but when one person got up and said, let's talk to God about it. And what are we going to do? Uh, can you imagine when David went to the guys and he said, guys, I just talked to the Lord. And the Lord said, for us to go get them, for us to pursue them. And we're going to recover all. Now. How'd they do that? Well, I'll tell you. They got on their horses. And they rode fast. And they caught... Because see, the army had to go pretty slow because they got a bunch of women and kids with them. So they're not going as fast as they normally be going. And so they caught up with them. And they went to them. And they said, uh, Now guys, uh, we want to talk to you. What y'all did was not very nice and we would we, we would really appreciate it if, if you would give us our wives back we appreciate if you give us all of our stuff back you know uh, we really would like to you know we want to be diplomatic and we want to be nice about this and uh, we know you're the enemy and we're not friends and uh, but we just want to be you know uh, gentlemanly about this think that's how they got your stuff back you don't know the real story it wasn't pretty when you're dealing with the enemy when you're dealing with the devil the devil doesn't play fair the bible says violent take it by force they went and took back their stuff And they killed them. 
They destroyed them. They annihilated them. They wiped them out. And they took back what was theirs. You say, well, I just, I just don't understand why I'm not getting my stuff back. Because I asked the devil. I said, Mr. Devil, please be nice. Please, Mr. Devil, don't be mean to me. And I just don't understand why he keeps stealing my stuff. Because you're a wuss. And you left your door open. And you said, here, devil, here's all my stuff. And I'm not going to fight back when you come to get my stuff. I'm just going to sit back and say, okay, you can have it. Or, you can stand up. The Bible says if you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. See how, you see the deal with bullies? The bullies like to bully people who don't fight back. They don't really want to bully somebody that's going to give them any resistance. They don't want to bully somebody that will stand up for themselves. They don't want to bully somebody... I, I told you, I've told you the story so many times, but I had a little, I had a friend, I grew up, we went through elementary school and uh, junior high, his name was Scott, and uh, Scott was the puniest, skinniest, now I was skinny, I was little, I got married at 126 pounds, 135, oh I gained some weight, after high school, from between high school and I got married at 21, but uh, I was, I was skinny, but he made me look big. He was little. And there was this one guy that literally all through school literally made his life miserable. And I'll never forget the day. Right over there at John Tyler. Right out front. When Scott had just had all he could take. And we were all right there. When his little skinny, bony knuckles came in contact with that guy's nose. And blood went a-flying and down he went a-crying. And he didn't bother him anymore. Bullies don't like people to fight back. They like somebody that'll cower. The devil loves it when you just cower down and, and, and just say, Ooh, I don't want to look. Just take whatever you want. But it's time to stand up and fight. God said, pursue and you will recover all. But you're going to have to get your hands dirty. You're going to have to do a little fighting. You're going to have to do a little praying. You're going to have to do a little interceding. You might have to do a little fasting. You might have to, amen, you might have to do some stuff that's uncomfortable. Amen, you're not just going to sit back. They just didn't just sit there zigzag and say, we're going to sit here and pray till they bring our stuff back. No, God said, pursue and go get your stuff back. Go after it. John 10, 10, he said, but thank God, because the end of John 10, 10, he came, uh, the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. 
So we thank God that he loved us so much. He provided a way to restore us. He provided a way for us to recover all that's been stolen by the enemy. He's provided a way that he can, he's removed what sin delivered. Sin took my relationship with God. But God's mercy and grace gave it back to me. And now I'm in right standing with God. Are you in right standing with God today? Do you have a good relationship with God? Does that mean I'm perfect? No. It means I've got to talk to God all the time and say I'm sorry. But we're in relationship. I say I'm sorry and he says I forgive you. I confess my sins. He's faithful and just to forgive. And we get up and we walk on. And we build that relationship. And because we got that back. And then what sin delivered, I was able to be renewed what sin deformed. Oh, God's making us back into His image. We need people to see Jesus in us. Amen. The world wants to distort our view. But God wants us to, amen, have a beautiful, uh, just smile and countenance and face. We need to be radiating the love of God. Amen. And then He restores us. So, what did He do? Removal. Took me out, took me out of the plight of the enemy. God pulled me out and said, you know what? Enemy can't touch you no more. Amen. That renewal put me under the protection of the Father. Anybody glad you're protected? Amen. You're under God's care. He's watching over you. And that restoration gave me back my position. Amen. With fellowship with God. I'm renewed. I'm restored. And because of my position now, I know I'm in right relationship with God. I can do what God says I can do. I can have what God says I can have. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm going to go to my enemies and I'm not going to be nice. I'm going to destroy them and take back what the enemy has stolen. Well, y'all are apparently trying to decide if I'm going to. I think I'm going to, but I'm just not sure. (laughs) Because of my position, I know that no weapon formed against me will prosper. That I am more than a conqueror. I'm going to go and get all my stuff back. Anybody want to go? Anybody want to go get your stuff back? Anybody want to get your relationship back? Anybody want to, amen, get all the the, the enemy where he's disfigured and deformed you? You want to get back into into that perfect uh, uh, image of Christ? And you just want to come in and let him do what he wants to do. That's what I want. How about you? Amen. Now, why don't you just clap real big like you mean it? That sounds a lot. That sounds like you're really serious about going get your stuff back. While ago you weren't quite sure. I, 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 I just, I, I think I want to, but. <laughs> so, are you done crying? Eh, I'm probably not. I'm probably gonna cry a little bit more. But then, uh, are you done being mad? I'm not. I'm probably going to be mad a little bit more. People make you mad, don't they? But ultimately, we've got to start inquiring of God. God, what do you want me to do? And then when we get to that point, we can begin to hear what God says. 
Because really, you know, you get to the point where you're, you're crying and you're sad, you really can't hear. And you get to the point you're mad, you really can't hear. But when you begin to get to the point to where you're inquiring and saying, Lord, I need to know what you want in this situation. I need to know what you want. And then you begin to hear God. And then you begin to call and you begin to say, hey, bring me the ephod. The ephod was the, the priest wore for uh, they, they, when they inquired of God. It was, it was just... He said, I, I, need, I need that uh, close relationship. I, I need to, I, I just, it's just more than coming to church and patty caking. I mean, I've got to spend some intimate time with God. Bring me that. I, I need to really have a conversation. And then God said, go get them. Go get it. Go do it. You can do it. You've, you've waited long enough. Get up. Go. And you will recover part of what the devil stole. Huh? All. All. You want all? If you want all, stand up. If you want all, step up. (laughs) If you want all, it's time to move out. It's time to go forward. It's time to pursue. And do what God's called us to do. So, Father, thank you. Thank you that the times that we will we'll weep until we can weep no more. We'll be angry. But then we've got to talk to you. Lord, help us get to that place to where we even want to talk to you about it. I pray, Lord, that As we do talk to you about it, talk to us about it. What do you want us to do? What do you need to do about that job? What do you need to do about that relationship? What do you need to do uh, about that person, that thing, that place, that situation? What, Lord, I'm inquiring of you. I I really want to know. I don't know what to do. And I'm, I'm asking you, what do I do? And Father, I thank you that... You're speaking today in individuals and you're telling them what to do. It's not sometimes the easiest. It's not sometimes what we want to do. But if we will, we will recover all. That is your plan. The enemy stole it. The enemy killed it. The enemy destroyed it. But you came to give me life in it. So, Lord, I I receive life from you today. I declare I recover all. Just pray with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. The devil has stolen, killed, destroyed. I want my relationship with you back. So I search my heart. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for my relationship. I ask you to fix me where the devil's broke me. Restore my mind, my emotions, my spirit. And I thank you because you're going to give it all I'm stepping up with boldness. I declare today I pursue.
I'm going to catch up. I'm going to destroy the enemy. And I will recover all in Jesus' name. Everybody said a big amen. Come on, just clap for joy in the house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember Wednesday night service? 7 o'clock, young people, teenagers, children, adults right here in the auditorium. Next Sunday, we're going to have a wonderful time. We will be doing baptism, so if any would like to be baptized, you can just uh, see me and we'll uh, set that up. We're so glad we're here. We honor you. We bless you today. Have a blessed week. We say the Lord bless thee, the Lord keep thee, the Lord cause his face to shine upon thee and be gracious to thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Lord, I put your name upon your people and I call them blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.